With your help, if you can and if you want, we're going to play a little rubbish bin basketball. Wrinkle up some used paper and make it into a ball. Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Comfort Zone, the podcast that redefines personal and professional development, guiding you through change the easy way so that you can live your best life. And my name is Adam Kowalik. Here we are, you and I, we. And today I wanted to be a bit more spiritual or existential than in some of the other few episodes. In a previous episode, I talked about the need to fix things and the consequences of black and white thinking, together with leadership coach Mark Stalegrave. I talked about the brain's primary directive is to protect, keep us alive, and a supporting directive is to then predict. I mean, if the brain accurately can predict situations or threats, it can be more successful in its prime directive, protect. Now, part of predicting and a third directive is to preserve. Preserve energy in order to store it and allocate it towards situations that truly need it, like when there's a threat to our survival. Another directive of the brain is to package or bundle, meaning that what our minds are good at doing is to bundle patterns, trying to predict and make connections so that it can think that it knows exactly what is what. I'm sure you know what I'm pointing out here. Our minds are so good at thinking, it has it all figured out. And when it doesn't, it thinks something is wrong, and it needs fixing. And this is why we often feel stuck, because we think we know, or that we should know, and around we go, trying to do some fixing. Recently, I had a conversation with a client about his inner journey of healing from past experiences, and I offered up the perspective of focusing on the inner world rather than the outer world, to which he was quick to reply that he's done tons of inner work. It's, in fact, all he'd been doing the past years, and the lack of results is what's making him feel stuck. He should have this figured out by now, and since he didn't, it meant something was wrong, and he was in need of more fixing. I truly understood his reply. It was the exact same thing that I had been doing when I had started my own growth journey. I did a lot of things that were supposed to work wonders for the spirit, soul, mind, etc., and because I understood some of what he was going through, I gently invited him to see that perhaps it's less about doing and more about being. You see, in the doing, there is an idea that if or when I do X, then I will. And that's again the mind thinking it knows things, trying to figure things out. The mind is such a problem solver, following its directives of predicting, preserving and packaging, all in service of protecting. And so here's a big idea. 
What if the problem the mind is trying to solve is created by the very same mind? What if the only problem there is, is the thought that you should know what to do? Or perhaps how things are right now is not matching your expectations of how they should be. Then I'd argue that if you let go of that should or that expectation and you saw what was actually going on in the here and now that you don't know and that certain things aren't the way you want them to be, then the problem would subside, right? Again, if you didn't feel pressured by the thought that you should know, that you should have it all figured out, then you could be okay with not knowing. And from that, what will come next will arise. If instead of wanting things to be different to how they are, being in conflict with what is, you could accept how things are. And with that acceptance, you'd be aligned with what is. A state of harmony in sync with what is. This is not what most often happens for you, is it? Instead, the mind is coming up with all these problems and funnily enough, also being the one coming up with the solutions, the solution to a problem itself created. Have you ever noticed that these solutions that your mind is coming up with often, if not always, involve the use of willpower, self-discipline, more work or deprivation, a whole lot of doing and fixing? I mean, the mind is only doing what the mind does. Protecting, predicting, preserving, packaging and so on. It means well, but perhaps... It's all a fool's errand, a waste of energy. When you consider that the problem is caused by the mind and the solution it comes up with is in essence impractical since it's trying to solve a made-up problem that itself came up with. Earlier, I said that instead of more doing, one might benefit from more being. The being is a big topic and one that I will be coming back to in the future for sure but for the sake of this conversation, I want to point out that there is a natural flow of life where things do their things regardless of our doing. Take your breathing, for example. That's happening naturally without you having to do much. If you cut your finger, your body, given some time, will heal it. Again, no doing necessary on your part. That will happen naturally. The sun setting or rising, not your doing. You can safely go about your day and the sun will do its thing. We don't have to try and wrestle life into submission. We can instead be one with it and join its flow. Like two rivers meeting up, merging and together flowing into a vast ocean. So when something happens that you're struggling with, you can slow down your mind, be still and ask yourself, what is wanting to be seen? What's emerging here? What feels like being in flow with life? What feels like going against the flow of life? Instead of launching into doing mode, you can instead engage a curiosity mode, a state of not knowing. Be as curious as a child, or as Dr. Amy Johnson of Little School of Big Change says, be like a visiting alien from another planet. Be that oblivious to what things are. 
to what is going on. This way, you will prevent the mind from doing its regular spiel of thinking it knows or that it should know and can help prevent the rise of a made-up problem. The flow of life is one of homeostasis in harmony with what is and one in pursuit of equilibrium. I often refer to this and our part of this as a natural state of well-being where things are well and in balance and this then being our neutral. It's our natural and neutral state of being, a part of the natural flow of life. When we are in flow with what is, there's more clarity, confidence and ease. And so when I say that you should do less, I'm not saying that you shouldn't do anything or to work for something you think is important. What I really mean is that when you do less and be more, returning to neutral, sometimes things resolve themselves when the mind isn't fighting what is. And for the other times, being neutral is always more helpful to see what comes next. It's actually quite hard to predict things with a lack of clarity, to not to mention possibly dangerous or at the very least ineffective. Einstein said you can't solve a problem on the same level of thinking that created it. Putting it in terms of what I'm sharing here... When your mind is busy coming up with solutions to problems itself created by thinking it should know or that things should be different, more thinking from that state won't bring about a solution. What is required is a fresh perspective, a different level of thinking, the return back to neutral, to the natural flow of life and harmony with what is from there, what comes next is much easier to spot. I'm almost done with this episode, so I'm changing gears a bit. When I talk about inside the comfort zone as ways to grow, perform or be successful, I get sceptical looks. From what I understand, one of the main concerns is that when you're in your comfort zone, you'll be complacent, lazy or unambitious. Simply, nothing would get done. This is, of course, far from the truth. Of course, things get done from inside the comfort zone. In fact, you can even reach your goals and dreams from within your comfort zone by expanding what is your comfort zone until your goals and dreams end up inside it. Think about it. When are you most keen on learning something new or trying something new? When you feel safe and inspired, right? Because when you feel triggered, anxious or uncomfortable, you struggle with finding the motivation to do most anything, right? Feeling scared is seldom conducive to deep internalized learning, at least in my experience. Many wonderful things have seen the light of day from within the comfort zone. Take Gmail, for example. Gmail, something that a huge majority of us use, was born from developers working on the concept at Google during their 20% time rule. The 20% time rule has now been discontinued 
And at its time of existence, the principle was that employees were encouraged to work 80% of their time on core projects and 20% of their time on innovation activities that piqued their own personal interests. A lot of great product and services came from that 20% creative time following personal interest and inspiration. A completely different example is the conception of the three Bs by NASA, the US government agency responsible for the nation's civilian space program and aeronautics and aerospace research. The three Bs is based on the observation of where ideas and solutions were found, namely in bedrooms, bathrooms and buses. And by bus, they mean any vehicle. What they discovered was that when people walked away to take a break or go home for the day, engaged in activities and places where they felt relaxed, that was the time when a good idea or a solution appeared. I mean, haven't you ever had a great idea while in the shower, wishing you had something to write it down with? Or remembering that important thing when you were driving or sitting on the commute? Another client of mine brilliantly added a fourth B to the concept. Beaches. I can't argue with him there. I get great ideas whenever I go for a walk or run, often near water. The point I'm likely trying to make is that performance and success can indeed happen from inside the comfort zone. I'll give you a small demonstration now. With your help, if you can and if you want, we're going to play a little rubbish bin basketball. Wrinkle up some used paper and make it into a ball. Look around you and see if you can find a rubbish bin or similar that you can try and throw that paper ball into. If you can't find a bin, perhaps a box or a nook or something can substitute. You're going to do this with two variations, three times each. First version. Hold a paper ball in your hand, aiming at the bin. Simply try and hit the bin, get the paper ball in the bin, playfully, effortlessly, free from any pressure to perform. Throw the ball three times. How many balls did you get in? Now, doing the same thing over again with a small difference or not so small, this time you get all serious about it. Put a lot of efforting in and build up some pressure to perform mentally and possibly physically get tense and engaged. Now throw three throws. How many balls did you get in this time? Was there any noticeable difference between the two versions? If you struggle with sensing a difference between the two exercises, you can try and make it 10 throws for each variation. See if that makes a difference. Here's what's clear to me. I can get the same result done with or without effort, anxiety or pressure. The result can be the same, but the experience differs vastly from each other. In fact, in some cases, when I feel pressure to perform, feeling too serious, efforting and trying really hard, I sometimes choke up and trip up. It's like I get too tense, like I'm out of the flow with life and I make mistakes, feel depleted and or frustrated. I am inviting you to do less fixing, do less knowing. Instead, try being more. Be more dumb, not thinking you got everything figured out. Be more like an alien, childishly curious and oblivious towards things. 
Be less effortful. Be more in flow with life. Be neutral and return to your natural state of well-being. And from there, what is emerging will do so much more clearly for you. Thanks for listening to Inside the Comfort Zone with me, Adam Kowalik, and I'll be back next week with another regular episode. If you like the show, please follow and rate it on Spotify. And if you have a friend who you think should hear what we spoke about today, please share it with them. The best way to get the episode as soon as possible is to subscribe to Inside the Comfort Zone via Spotify or whatever podcast app you like to use. Check out some of the previous episode by visiting insidethecomfort.zone. Visit the website insidethecomfort.zone or click the link in the show notes for a chance to send me your questions and feedback as a voice message. And with your permission, if it's valuable for our listeners, your content might be featured in an up coming episode. Inside the Comfort Zone was brought to you by Adam Kowalik, life coach, speaker and author on a mission to redefine personal and professional development. Thank you for being you and please keep it up. Talk more soon.